Hello and welcome back to The Daily Royal, a podcast covering the daily events of all the European royal families. Today we'll be talking about all the uh, meetings that the monarchs have had on March 23rd, 2020. Starting out with the British royal family, Buckingham Palace released a video uh, that Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, recorded earlier today, um, which is a which was a message of support for parents and caregivers who have had um, their life uprooted recently due to um, stay-at-home orders and school closures, and you know, parents who are not usually home with children all day are now home with children all day. Um, And so she was doing this video message to highlight and um, put a spotlight on some resources that parents can use to make this time a little bit easier. Um, My favorite part is that the video was recorded by her daughter, uh, Lady Louise, so that it was a really cool thing. Um, And in the background, you can see like a ton of DVDs and books and board games. Um, So I would assume this is obviously taken at their house. Um, So, you know, like the rest of us, movies, board games, and all the things that we're doing during this really weird time we're living in. Um, And then later in the day, um, the United Kingdom's Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, uh, did a stay-at-home order for all of the UK. Um, And so the royal family um, Twitter accounts and everything were posting about that uh, just in support and making sure that people are aware of what's going on and how to stay safe during this really weird time. Um, so that is what we had for the British royal family today. Um, and now we're going to move on to Belgium. So the Belgian monarchy is stepping up their social media game, which is awesome. Um, so they're posting pictures and kind of like an hour, uh, like a an update on what the king is doing every day, um, which is great. Um, so you can see, also I'm guessing this is kind of what their everyday life is like when they're not at events. Um, so it's kind of a nice little glimpse into an everyday life. Um, but they um, talked about all the meetings he had via phone or Skype. Um, So he started his day by talking with the president of Italy um, to express support for all the Italian people. Um, And today was supposed to be the start of the Italian state visit that was canceled like early this month, maybe at the beginning of March, end of February, um, because of Italy's situation with coronavirus. and their fact that they're just being completely overwhelmed by it. So he, it was nice of him to take some time to speak with the president and express his support. Um, and then he, this, this was adorable, he Skyped with some residents of a elderly care facility, um, which is just kind of continuing this um, 
thing that we have seen, this theme that we've seen from the Belgian royal families, uh, the Belgian royal family to support um, the elderly who are in isolation um, as just kind of like one of the things that they have started to do really intensely, which is really cool. Um, and then at the end of the day, he had a um, phone meeting with the prime minister, which they meet every week. Um, and the phone meeting is a um, replacement to the in-person meeting because social distancing. Um, so that is what we had for Belgium. There was nothing new in Denmark. So we're now going to move on to the Dutch royal family. So today in the Netherlands, King Willem-Alexander oversaw uh, the swearing-in of a new minister um, for health, which um, is clearly a vital position right now. Um, so the former minister of health um, on Friday um, had some health challenge, maybe this was Thursday, um, where he collapsed while he was overseeing a um, argument about coronavirus. Um, and so he resigned because whatever he has is not gonna be um, healed within a few days. So the new medical minister was sworn in today um, in person, which I found really strange considering the king is supposed to be self-isolating. But they maintained social distancing. They maintained like the six foot barrier for the most part. So it's okay, um, but it's weird. <laughs> weird times we are living in. Um, and there was nothing new in Norway today. So we are gonna move on to Spain. So in Spain, this is another um, social media heavy day um, with Casa Real or the Royal House um, posting about what the um, royal family is up to during this time. Obviously, there's not like events or anything like that. We know this. Um, so today, King Felipe and Queen Letizia, who is apparently done with her isolation now, which is great. Yay. Um, spoke with healthcare workers um, at two hospitals, one in Madrid and then one in another region, and just again expressed their support, um, their gratitude, um, and all of that for the healthcare workers at these two hospitals and everywhere else in Spain. Um, so very nice thing there. Um, and then there was nothing new in Sweden, so that kind of concludes the um, royal rundown of what everyone was doing today. I'm loving this um, Twitter, Facebook thing where we're posting what the monarchs are doing because obviously we're not seeing them. 
Um, I'm loving when there's pictures, but I also just love like the daily, like, here's what they did um, to know like they're still working for their country. It's not like they're sitting at home doing nothing during this time. So that's really great and really fun to see. Um, but now we are going to move on to part one of the history of Denmark's monarchy. Um, and so let's get started on that. Denmark is one of the oldest countries in the world. With the consolidation of power happening in the late 8th century, and since then it has been a fairly steady country. Um, some things have changed in terms of Norway and Sweden splitting from Denmark, but overall good and stable. Uh, the role of the Danish monarch has changed a good bit, and the country has been a constitutional monarchy since 1845. Uh, where the role of the monarch went from the authoritarian, autocratic thing that we think of in those times to a figurehead um, in a constitutional monarchy. So that is where we are going to start this story. So in 1848, uh, Frederick VII succeeded to the throne and was immediately met with calls for a constitution. So after a while, the king allowed this and gave up his absolute authority. In June of 1949, the Danes had their constitution. Frederick upheld his end of the bargain, although he couldn't quite keep his politics to himself. He made his liberal political affiliations known, um, but he tried. I would imagine that's a weird transition. Um, And so King Frederick had... um, quite the interesting uh, love life. So he was married three times, but produced no heirs. So the next in line um, was a bit of a, who do we pick? Um, And so the next in line was Frederick's uncle and also cousin, because royal families love their incest. Um, So, and so upon Frederick's death, Christian of Glucksburg became King Christian the ninth. So on November 15th of 1863, Christian was declared king uh, and immediately was part of conflict. Um, So there was lots of like territorial um, battles and wars happening in Denmark during this time. Um, So in November, uh, King Christian signed, uh, in later November, King Christian signed another constitution that allowed two of these territories to become part of Denmark. But the problem was they didn't really want to be a part of Denmark. So they started a war with Prussia and Austria, who also wanted these territories. Um, So ultimately, the Prussian-Austrian alliance won, and those territories went to go be part of those two countries. Um, And this began the string of unpopular things that King Christian IX did. Um... He became a little bit more unpopular when he tried to prevent the spread of democracy 
throughout Denmark by supporting a conservative authoritarian who we could now basically uh, refer to as a dictator. So not a great start. Don't kill democracy. People don't like it. Um, and so that happened. Um, during the later part of his life, though, he um, established parliamentarism in Denmark, um, as well as the introduction of Social Security, unemployment, and family benefits. Um, so the beginning of the um, socialism component of Denmark's government. Um, so before he became King Christian IX, he married uh, Louise of Hesse, and they had six children, um, four of whom sat on thrones. So King Frederick was known, is no, was known as the father-in-law to Europe um, because two of his sons sat on the thrones of Denmark, obviously, and Greece because Greece picks its own king. Um, and while two of his daughters became the queen consorts um, in the United Kingdom and the um, consort to the Tsar of Russia as well. Um, so on January 29th, 1906, uh, King Christian passed away and his son, Frederick VIII, became king of Denmark. Um, and so Frederick was actually 62 when he became king. Um, and before this, obviously before becoming king, he had a whole life. Um, he married Louise of Sweden and they had eight children. Um, he was much more popular than his father was um, and was also a lot more liberal minded. However, because he was 62 when he took the throne, he had only six years on the Danish throne, which just wasn't quite enough time to make a big difference. Um, so in our next episode, we're going to be talking about Frederick VIII's son, uh, Christian Tenth. If you're noticing a theme, it's because the Danish have one. Frederick Christian, Frederick Christian. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> um, so we will talk about Christian tomorrow. Um, and that is it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone is still doing okay. But I will be back tomorrow where we'll talk about any meetings, any pictures, anything we see from the, from the royal households. Um, and I'll talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.